All right, welcome to the Jazz Piano School podcast. My name is Brendan Lowe. I'm going to be your host today, as always, and thank you for joining us. We have one simple mission here at Jazz Piano School, and that is to help as many people who are interested learn and improve their jazz piano skills by providing structured and organized step-by-step jazz piano education. So this is episode 74. I hope everyone's having a good week after the Super Bowl and uh, lots of happy people, lots of sad people on that one. <laughs> quite quite an outcome. I know lots of people turned it off and uh, you know went to bed and then woke up and was like, what? So that was quite the uh, Super Bowl for all the sports fans out there. Some of you obviously don't care at all, but uh, <laughs> I like to get away from jazz at times and watch sports. Um, but anyway, this is going to be a fun episode. We had someone request this episode and this is going to be on filling space kind of uh, passing chords and so I have um, six let me see six yeah six steps that I'm going to give to you guys six methods or strategies that you guys can use now woven within all these methods and strategies there's going to be a lot of a lot more actually strategies these are going to be general strategies but there's so many different movements and things you can do that within these six I mean you probably have you know, 20 to 40 different things you can actually do. So again, thank you for joining me today. I'm really excited. We, uh, you know, Jazz Piano School started about three to four years ago, and even long before that, about two to three years before that, before the site was even created, I I basically created the course and mapped out the entire curriculum, which is now being used in colleges and schools, um, because I wanted it to be a step-by-step process. I didn't want it to just be a library of videos. I wanted students to be able to actually go through it uh, you know, like a step-by-step process. So it's it's a journey and you don't have to jump around. You're not in control of selecting the videos or anything like that, selecting what what you learn. I mean, you can. Obviously, there is a library. We have two options. We have the journey and library option. So you can choose whatever works best for you. Obviously, I recommend the journey option because it's it's literally guiding you down a path and putting all the components in the correct order. Anyway, so when I built this thing, the website, you know, w- this was about three, three or so, some odd four years ago. I, I basically put this together and it was, you know, it, I just wanted to get it out there. I didn't really know what to expect. Uh, obviously, JPS has grown and I want it to be great. You know, I, I just I really have a drive to help people. I love uh, hearing from people and hearing from the students say how amazing, how it's changed their life and you know, how happy they are. And, but there was issues with the site and with this, you know, I want the site to be as user friendly as possible. So we are, we've redesigned the site, gone over all the navigation, all the things like that, because a lot, we've made a lot of changes, improvements, sound slice, different things like that. But in this next version, we're going to be basically re-releasing Jazz Piano School to the public with this new version and it's going to be JPS 2.0 and I'm just super excited I mean this thing is going to be it's basically going to be such an upgrade to what is on there now and this is you know for all the public pages as well the podcast the blog the lick of the day all the resources we have the transcriptions uh, but also to the members area uh, for all the members too and 
you know, we're going to have quizzes, you're going to have a practice calendar, you're going to be able to log your practice, track your practice, track your quizzes. Uh, the navigation is amazing with a dashboard uh, showing you your stats, how when you practice, what step you left off last. I mean, it's going to it's beautiful. We are going to have sound slice with our interactive notation video player, which you can practice with uh, practice with the exercises that I give you slow down the tempo transpose. I mean, it's it's a beast. It's going to be an absolute monster. And that's my goal. And it's not my goal for JPS isn't to just have my own education on here. Next, I'm going to be talking with Dr. Joe Gilman, who uh, has played with uh, who played with the, the late Bobby Hutchison for a long time in his career touring with him. Um, I have a close connection with him. Fabulous pianist. I mean, just phenomenal. I mean, this you can listen to his albums they're gorgeous I mean his playing is just I look up to him as a mentor just phenomenal so I want to get I'm going to talk to David Hazeltine as well get other people's education they're going to have their own educational blocks or segments video series on JPS as well and I think that's going to be a wonderful thing bringing other educators onto the site besides myself obviously the main course and all of our special courses we design will be on there as well but by no means do I know everything about jazz piano school I mean about, about jazz piano school about jazz piano uh, you know I'm not the best I have a long way to go myself um, I do have a lot of experience, so as far as putting a course curriculum together, I mean, I've taught in colleges and universities and, and been an educator for a long time, so I can do that, but you're going to learn so much from everybody. That's why jazz is a wonderful thing, because you can, it's a, it's a lifelong journey to learn and educate yourself, and that ambition and motivation people have to do that is amazing. And same with me, so I'm really excited to have other people's educational series on JPS and with JPS 2.0, it, it's going to be phenomenal. So I'm just super excited right now. We're about we're starting to uh, build that. Our developers are going to start to build that, and uh, that should be ready, uh, hopefully um, by the summer, ready to go. But anyway, here we are. I'm very excited about that. Now these space filler contents for episode 74. Thank you for everyone who's rated the podcast. By the way, I really really appreciate it. Uh, giving it a five star review again i'm trying to get to 100 before we get to 100 episodes uh we're just a little bit behind but i believe we can do it so thank you to all those who have rated the podcast now again we have six uh points here so the first one for filling space now this can be used in solo piano can be used in groups it's going to be best for solo piano we just released our specialty solo piano course as well which is separate from our monster main course which is being used in colleges but um, the, the specialty course is just on solo piano. Now, if I play something, if I'm playing If I Were a Bell. Now, when you land on that chord, right, or on that note, I should say, there's a lot of times in melodies where nothing's happening, right? So you just have an F major 7 with, a, with, a, with the melody. So you have 1, 2, 3, 4, 2, 2, 3, 4, right? Then you move on to your next um, melody and harmonies. So what exactly do you do in those instances where you're just sitting there, right? And that's what I'm going to be going over today in this podcast. Um, so the first one is going to be, again, this is kind of the woven thing, passing harmonies based on where you're going. And what do I exactly mean by that? Well, we're sitting on an F major chord. So we're sitting on the one chord of the tune. The key is in uh, F, right? The tune is in the key of F. So 
when you're sitting on a major chord, it doesn't have to be the one chord. Maybe you land on some other major chord within the tune. It's not the tonal center, right? There's some couple things you can do. And these are just little, they're not like theory things. They're more like, these are the things I call just little ditties, right? Little kind of, I don't like to say the word tricks, but just little things you can do. And you can mess around with them. You can play around with them. So the first thing is going to be passing. Uh, am I jumping around here? Hold on one sec. I am, I am. So the passing harmonies I talked about, I don't want to get ahead of myself, that's going to be number two. The passing harmonies I talked about. So if we're on the one chord, right, we can we can add substitutes to this. So I know where I'm going. The next chord is going to be an A minor 7 flat 5. So to get to that, I can kind of lead into my A minor 7 flat 5. Now, to do that, right, we always have a 5 chord. So any 5 chord can resolve down a fifth to the chord we're going to. It's just, that's just common theory. And if you don't really know about that, I mean, that, that can be, you know, you can find that kind of information. A five chord will resolve down a fifth to the next chord. That's a strong resolution in music. So, excuse me. So if we're on this F major seven, we can go to E seven down to A minor seven flat five. Now that's kind of a reharm, right? That E seven's not in there. What I like to do, again, that's a strong reharm to add in there, but it might work. Uh, right, then you go to your A minor 7 flat 5. So that E7 brings us to our A minor 7 flat 5. Now, if you know your tritone reharms as well, we can use the tritone of the 5 to lead us into the A minor 7 flat 5 as well. So instead of going F major 7, 1, 2, 3, 4, 1, 2, 3, 4, 1, 2, 3, 4, right? We can go 1, 2, 3, 4, B flat 7. And it would sound like that, right? And then you play your melody, right? You have to kind of jump up there or time it rhythmically. So depending upon how much space you have, how much fill you have, you could get it in quickly as well. Uh, you could go one, two, three, right? One, two, three, four. So however you want to time it, again, depends on how, if you have two bars of space, if you only have one bar of space, right? And plus, if you're playing solo piano, you need to get to the melody. You got to think about that too, uh, whether or not your right hand's going to play the melody or if someone else is playing the melody for you or singing, then you don't have to worry about that, you know? comping right you can comp that reharm or that fill in the gap so that's something you can do and another thing I like to do is uh, half step walk downs uh, with minor chords if you're going to a minor chord so if the next chord is a minor chord which it happens to be this a minor seven flat five I also like to do this uh, little lead-in which is so it's all it is is just my minor chromatic minor chords going down by half steps and then you're down into the minor seven flat five. And again, the chromaticism of the minor chords simply leads into your minor chord. Again, if you're taking a progression, let's say from a different tune, I'm gonna talk about this in a second, that goes to maybe C minor. I can use that same thing. I can go, right, you might hear that a lot. Now what I'm doing here, I have a little roll going on in my left hand with my shells in my right hand. You can make those full chords if you want to. 
nice thick lush chords right however you you can make them drop twos Make them, uh, you can have your right hand comping up here, right, with rootless voicings if you want. So you can, again, this is what I was talking about with the woven textures within these options. There's so many different options, but these are general strategies. And again, this is the same with if I were a bell, if we're using the reharm, again, you, the way I'm comping down here is I'm using my right hand more or less root, uh, rootless or inversions using my bass notes in my left hand. But if I'm comping, right, maybe I play my, again, my rootless voicing in my left hand, maybe an octave here. Dun, dun, if someone's singing. Dun, dun, dun. You know, then you, move, then you move to your A minor 7 flat 5, however you want to voice it. So again, these options can take so many different avenues or paths. Now, for another example of passing kind of movements or reharms, right, uh, what you can do... There's this nice thing I play in uh, a church every Sunday, I play piano and direct music, and there's this loop we had for a hymn called Fix Me Jesus. And so the chord progression, it was it's actually Jennifer Hudson was singing it, but it was very, very simple. But the amount of movements and different reharms you could do with it for the passing chords are, you know, almost you know there's just so many so the court the progression was one two three two two three one two three two five two three the four two three two two minor four two three one back to the one two three two two So that's all it that's all it was. It was the one going to a two five to the four, four major, right? Sometimes I put the seven on there, sometimes just leave it, leave it a straight triad. Then to the four minor six, basically. So you have right, so not four minor seven. Here's the difference. Again, sometimes that little one note makes all the difference in a progression when you get detailed about it. So we're, we're playing a four minor six chord. Right, so F sharp minor six instead of the seven on top. But anyway, there's a lot of space to fill and not necessarily, I mean, we had, you know, we have a rhythm section and the singer is singing the tune, but we, you know, it's nice to have just the groove there and the drummer's playing more of a backbeat. You know, three kind of gospel three thing. But there's really nice reharm movements you can do. I'm going to show you some now that can translate to jazz standards too. So you see this movement, or this is a very, very common progression in jazz, right? No matter what you're playing, you're going to see this a lot. And it happens in so many jazz standards. You have the one, right, going to a 2-5 to the 4. This is C minor 7 to F7 to the 4. To 4 minor, back to 1. I mean, this happens in so many, so many songs. I can't even tell you right so one 
two, five to the four, four minor. So again, we are playing in D flat. Here's our one chord, two, five to the four, to the four minor six, okay? So what we can do, a lot of the reharms me and the bass player were doing are going to t fill in the space, okay? Now, again, like I was saying before, the A flat minor seven is the chord we're going to. So we, in order to reharm, we want to, this is the first option you can kind of think about. We can look to play the five of the chord we're going to. So we're going to this A flat minor seven. So the five of the A flat minor seven is going to be an E flat seven chord. So I can go one, I can go to my standard maybe E flat seven here, then to my minor. That sounds really nice, I really like that a lot. And then to your five and then four. Okay, now I'm calling the D flat seven a five chord. It's not the five chord in D flat, right? It's the five chord of going to the four, four chord in D flat. So again, a lot of this, the Roman numeral talk is gonna be for the more advanced players here. Uh, but if you're just a beginner, you can kind of just follow along with the example. So going to the E flat. And then four minor, and then back to one. So one, two, three, two, two, three, three, two, three, four, two, three, one. And then that's, so basically you're adding an extra chord in there. So instead of going one, two, three, two, two, three, three, two, three, four, right? We add that E flat in. Now, uh, for a lot of you, and I teach this in the reharm section of the, of the uh, main course, you can add, you can make any dominant chord a sus chord right so what we can do is make that e flat seven in the uh <laughs> sorry i'm just thinking about the progression of my let's talk about the relative two minor first so we can make we can add to any five chord we can add its own two minor so all five chords like any dominant chord like an f7 or a c7 have a relative two minor chord that can go to it. and i think i might have done a podcast on this before but there's a relative two minor that links to a dominant chord, right? In a two, five, one. That's where the progression two, five, one comes from. Two, five, one. So all five chords have a two chord that can precede it, right? So two, five, two, five, right? Two, five. So all these five chords kind of have their own linked uh, relationship to that two chord. So if I take my E flat seven, the relative two to E flat seven is going to be a B flat minor seven chord. So what I can do is play the B flat minor seven chord before my E flat seven to lead in. Now, if you look at this now, instead of going one, two dominant or E flat seven, now we're going one, two, five, two, five. So essentially we've created two, two, five progressions. So we have the one chord, then we jump to B flat minor seven, which is which is just basically the sixth chord in the key of D flat, right? This is basically the sixth chord in the key of D flat, but we're going to go two, five, two, five. So here's what it sounds like. One, two, three. And again, depending upon the rhythmic duration, right? The, the loop of this tune uh, was one, two, three, two, two, three, three, two, three, four, two, three, one. So sometimes what we do is go one, two, three, two, two, three, one, two, three. 
then we give it a little accent so it sounds like this one two three Or you can make them dotted quarters if you want. Right? You can add that little bass note line in there for more of that gospel feel. Um, this is kind of turning into more of a reharm podcast, but these are all the things you can do with your space fills, right? So we have one, two, three, one, two, three. Those are dotted half notes. I can't really count. Dots, dots, one, two. Now, what we can do is instead of playing the relative to minor, again, we can just the, the kind of a, a substitute for the relative to minor is just the sus, the sus of the chord, because essentially the two chord of a five is bringing us to the five chord. The sus sound is basically a delayed resolution similar to the relative to minor. So instead of going B flat minor to E flat, we can simply play our bass note as E flat, make it a sus chord. Which again is essentially the exact same thing as playing the two. We're changing the bass note though, which creates a different sound, right? A different feeling, a different texture. So here's our sus chord, and then to the A flat minor, and then to the D flat seven. Okay, you see that? So we'd go two, three, one, two, three. So we have D flat major seven going to E flat sus for a uh, dotted quarter, dotted quarter, and then back into our regular, uh, you know, three feel on the A flat minor seven. Sorry. So my nose is acting up here. So that's a really nice option and it creates a diff completely different texture, right? Instead of playing B flat minor to E flat, you don't have that two five progression anymore. You have a resolution, but the bass note stays the same, so you have a completely different feeling. All right, listen to it again. One, two, three, two, two, three. Two. Right. So just by adding these small reharms, you're actually re you're obviously you're filling in some space there, but you're changing the sound and the feeling, the atmosphere with these space fills, which is really awesome. And amazing <laughs> and fun, right? This is what jazz is all about. It gives you this freedom. And when you learn these tools, again, this is what JPS is all about. When you learn these tools, you can apply this to all tunes rather than watching me play this or reading the music of what I'm doing and going and then not understanding what I'm doing. You're learning these reharm tools so that you can take them and use them all over all tunes. You know, I used to watch my teacher do these things. He wouldn't really explain it to me, though. I would just copy him. So he'd, he'd play it, you know, and instead of playing the regular progression, he might play the E flat sus, going to A flat sus maybe, and then D flat sus, and then maybe to the G flat, right? So I'd, I'd play that. I'll be like, oh, that sounds super cool. Did I have any idea what he was doing? Absolutely not. <laughs> I just, I just was just like, oh, that sounds great. And he would show it to me, right? Most, a lot of teachers will show it. Or if you're watching a YouTube video, you'll, you know, it'll be like the coolest progression ever, right? So that's what the title of the video would be. So you watch the video, you see a uh, E flat sus going to an A flat sus, going to a D flat sus, and then finally maybe going to resolve it and then to the G flat. You know, and you're like, oh, that sounds awesome. So you learn that progression, but you don't 
you don't know how you, you come to that, right? So that's what I love actually about jazz. It's not, it's not, it's, I love the process. I love the tools. I love getting into the, you know, the, the ABCs, the mathematical parts of jazz. Like, how do you come to that? I really love that stuff. Anyway, so we got some more here. So we're going to the E flat sus now. Again, we have another 2-5 here. So what can we do with that 2-5? Well, we can do lots of things, right? We can go, we can use the tritone of the 5 chord, like always. We can go to G7, right? And again, we can make all dominant chords sus chords. So this is how my teacher came to play this A sus. He used the tritone of E flat 7, which is A7. So we can use A7 here and playing the sharp 11 on top. Maybe add the 9 here. And then to the A flat minor, to the D flat 7. Now, guys, if you want all these progressions, I'll write them all out. I actually haven't written them out yet. I was planning on, I'm going to do that. Well, by the time you listen to it, it will be done. I'm filming, I'm recording this a little bit earlier. But you can go to jazzpianoschool.com forward slash podcast 74. You can get all these movements and progressions uh, sent to you in a, uh, you know, in a score uh, sheet music notation so you can see all the movements I'll doing I'm going to list them out you know like one through ten uh, reharm movements for this progression okay so anyway a7 is the tritone of e flat 7 so we can go one two three one. right there's our tritone here's our a flat minor d flat we can use all tritones so we can go b flat tritone a flat tritone and the nice thing when using reharms is that if if you if you noticed I kept one note consistent on top which serves as different notes in the harmony. When you're moving your voicing around like let's say I went to this then this then um, I don't know this that sounds cool too, but sometimes uh, it sounds nice to have that consistent top note really ties all the harmonies together. That's just like a little detailed trick kind of not trick again it's just a minute detail that really changes things in your sound so if i go here i'm voicing my voice like this okay so i just have the bass note seven three eleven okay i have my 11 on top now i keep this e flat consistent but it's going to change obviously this color is going to change as i move my progression that e flat is now the sharp 11. it's now the five of my A flat minor seven, and now it's the flat 13 of my G seven, which again is the tritone of D flat seven. And now it's gonna be the six chord in my G flat six chord. Right? Isn't that amazing? I love that. It's just such a, it's, it's voice leading. Essentially, that's what you're doing. You're voice leading your harmonies with a consistent note on top. You can even start the progression with that nine on your D flat major seven, or your D flat chord rather. I love it. And now this can become the six. Right? Really nice. So anyway, uh, those are some movements. Now, again, some of the stuff I was talking about, the sus chords, we can make all our five chords sus chords. So we can go one. Again, we went to the E flat sus before. Right? Now we can go to the tritone of E flat, which is A. That's how we get to the sus sound of A. Because we can, we're taking the E flat seven. 
which is simply leading us to the A flat minor chord, right? And we're making that a sus chord, okay? Sus seven or just sus, whatever you want. It's up to you. Then we're just taking the tritone of E flat. So we're making another delayed resolution, essentially. You can add the nine, add whatever extensions you want in here, the 13. Then finally we get to our A flat minor. And then we can go to G7 sus if we want. And then resolve. I mean, that that is a lot of reharms, but it's just showing you it's a demonstration of the power of the reharm, right? When you know this these theory tools. And again, this is these are a lot. All right, you need to understand these uh, combining all of these. I'm using about four four theory reharm components right now, all meshed up together with lots of different combinations. You know, so it's like learning the letter A. You know, then learning the letter B, right? Or <laughs> then learning the letter C, right? Well, too bad there wasn't a word spelled like uh, A B C. I should give you a better analogy. It's like learning your vowels. Right, and then learning the letter or learning um, what C, the letter C and T are, and then spelling cat. Right, we're combining different tools uh, to make up all these progressions here. So E flat, A sus, A flat minor, G sus, G flat or G flat, uh, just G flat nine basically here if you want. Okay, now. Another nice thing to do is uh, sometimes after the progression, the instead of going to the one chord, I'd go directly to the progression that leads back to the four, right? So not all the time do you have to, the one chord is your resolution, but you can already start, you can kind of pre-progress your uh, movements. So instead of getting to a tonic chord, you can start the progression before that. So here's my... To uh, my my four chord, two three, right. So I started the progression on B flat minor. I'll do it one more time. A seven sus right. A flat minor. D flat. Or you can do D flat sus here. Right, so that's another nice thing to do. Basically, I'm I'm substituting. I'm already starting my movement progression instead of going to the one chord. I just start right on my B flat minor seven, right? Which again is the relative two. I'm just creating two fives that go into the four chord. Okay, see that? And again, I could just play all sus chords if I want. I could play E flat seven sus and resolve it to E flat seven, D flat seven sus and resolve it to D flat seven, and then go to my my four chord. So it sounds like this, right? This is kind of a gospel texture. Now you can you can start to see how these movements. This is turning into a really interesting podcast. I love it. I'm excited. And initially it was just about filling space, but now we're getting into all sorts of stuff here. So you can see by learning these these simple theory jazz tools. Right, we're learning about tritones, which again, there's a podcast on that. We're learning about the relative two. We're learning about uh, sus chords, reharming them, reharming dominant fives as sus chords in any situation, and we are uh, combining all of those tools. Uh, we're combining the relative two. We're combining the tritone. We're combining the sus chord. We're combining sus to five, right? All these different movements and combinations, plus some extensions. To, to make this 
sound completely different. Now, that's why when you learn these these basic tools, you're able to play any style. You're able to play any tune. You're able to play whatever you want. It creates freedom. That's why the tagline of JPS is learning freedom. So back to this again. So we can have the E-flat 7 sus. We can go to an alter chord if we want. Four. I can add another reharm. I can go to my diminished, which approaches. This should be a reharm podcast. <laughs> Maybe I'll make this a reharm podcast. I can go to my diminished, which will approach my minor. Sorry, I didn't play that too well. Right, so my A diminished can go to my B flat minor 7, which is which would be the top, right? So these are lots of ways. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep moving on here. These are lots of ways that you can reharm. What was the other thing we did actually? Hold on, let me see. I think there was one more. Um So that's your relative two to your five, which is we're using the tritone of D flat, right? Again, there's your chromatic movement of minor chords. I'm trying to think. I I guess there wasn't. I think that was kind of most of the stuff we were doing. Oh, so the four chord instead of four minor. A lot of the times you'll you're the uh, one of the things you can do is instead of going from four to four minor, right? You can go to four to flat seven. Right, so those are interchangeable. Instead of playing four minor, you can play flat seven, which is B seven. Okay, so I'm I'm, I'm playing B dominant seven. So that here's the progression. to the four minor four here's flat seven sus Resol resolution right that's another strong gospel movement you hear right so four going to flat seven sus and again you can change the rhythmic duration of all these right so one two three two da 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 so however you want to play the the reharm, you can change the number of beats as well. I mean, so there's just there's endless, endless types of movements. You know, that's why it's so fun to play with someone who's well versed in theory of reharms or movements, right? Like a bass player. Now, when I have a bass player who who's who's kind of suggesting the movements to me, I'm listening for that. Like, is he using the tritone? Is he going to a five? That takes a long time. You got to develop your ear, and you have to have an understanding of all those tools. But when you get to that point, then it's then it's awesome because both of you guys are interacting. You're you're looking at each other. You're suggesting the movements, right? Going to the four to the uh, four minor. Sometimes the bass player will go down to the three. 
right? Instead of the one, that's kind of a substitute for the one is going to the three, one over three, in, in, in especially in hymns and in uh, church music, right? And so if he goes to the tritone, I'll follow him right here. Instead of going one, D flat seven, excuse me, one, E flat seven. So wherever they go, I'm listening and then I can kind of suggest things. So it's really fun. That's how all this interaction goes. That's why you hear these great professional players really listening so hard to each other because there's so much happening all at once. Anyway, so that was a long, uh, that was a long, sorry, I just got distracted. <laughs> that was a long version of point one uh, of moving harmonies as passing chords. Now, I'm going to do a lot simpler things for the next four, okay? Back to our, wow, I went off on a huge tangent there. Back to our, if I were a bell. When you land on a one chord, this number two is what I like to do is diatonic walk-ups. So we can go one, two, three, two, one. That's a very easy one. Again, you can change the rhythmic duration of any of these, right? However you want to do it, you can do full chords if you want, rootless or root position. That's just a nice little thing you can do. You can just do the thirds. Now what I did there is just went up to the two minor, excuse me, uh, sharp two minor or sharp two diminished if you want, which leads into the three. Or you can just make that a minor seven into the three. <coughs> excuse me. So you can do kind of a, more of a line. Right, so sorry. Right, then you continue. So diatonic walk-ups are really nice. You can just do shells, you can do full chords, you can do whatever you want. You can go one, two, three, one, one, two, three, one, two, sharp, two, three. Diatonic walk-ups, number two. Number three is going to be improv lines. You can always fill with improv lines. And obviously, if you're playing with other people, you got to pick and choose your spots. But again, if you're playing solo piano, it's a great way to fill, right? Right, and then you're into the melody again. Um, and, a, and a really nice thing, too, is with your improv, you can fill over your reharm. So let's say you're reharming with your, your movements, right? can solo over those movements. So I'd solo over F major 7. Right? So I went F major 7, G minor, A flat diminish, and then resolve to my A minor 7. And the same thing with your movements in the other progression. You can solo over those movements as well. Any type of reharms you add in, your improv lines can follow that type of harmony. And it adds so many different out uh, types of movements for your improv lines to go in. But again, number three, you can always improv. And then you're back into the melody, right? Always add those improv lines. It doesn't have to be difficult. Four is rhythmic comps. Again, if you're playing solo piano, this works if you're playing solo piano or with the group. Um, any sort of rhythmic comp. Just, just filling in a nice rhythmic comp. Right? I just used a, a drop two there. We're just with a harmonized line on top. 
okay? And then you can lead in, right? Or you can have a comp up here. If, again, if you're playing in a group, you'd just be comping, right? One, two, and one, two, three, four. Sorry. Right, so what any type of rhythmic comp you can use as a filler. All right, these are just, and again, be creative with it. it. You can you can do that. You can use that rhythmic comp in so many variations, which I'm not going to get into today. But be creative with the type of rhythmic comp you can do. You can do it down here, middle register, high end register. You can do a rhythmic comp with two hands, maybe single note. Right. Uh, you can do single note lines, or you can just do one note something like that, right? However you want to do it. There's just so many variations. Delayed resolutions, all right? So some delayed resolutions for your one chord. I'll just go over the one chord today. You can go to you can go to your, to your one diminished, okay? So instead of going directly to the one chord, you can play a diminished one diminished and that delays the resolution. Again, you can change up the rhythmic duration of whatever reharm you're doing. And then you're into the melody. One diminished is really nice. This voicing here I'm using is just putting the nine on top of my diminished chord. Right? Uh, another another delayed, you got to be careful in these types of situations. But again, it's, yeah, I can't really get into all that today. But you can go to your flat seven. And then to one is a delayed resolution, right? Flat seven and then to one. You can also do a half step above major seven. Depending upon what you, I played a sharp 11 there. You can just do a G flat major seven to, to the one. Uh, sorry. Again, that sounds a little out, you know? So depending upon what type of atmosphere or style you're going in, or if you like that, if you don't, it's completely up to you. But that is another uh, thing you can do. Now, block chords, I'm going to have to do a whole podcast on block chords because there's so many different ways to do it. But block chords, what you can do, I'm going to show you one simple thing, is you can take, uh, I'm going to show you a, a passing block chord movement. Okay, So this is with a sixth chord. Uh, sorry, I'm thinking about too many things at once here. So your bebop, your major six bebop scale is going to be a passing tone between your five and six. Okay. Again, this comes from the Barry Harris method a little bit. And, uh, what you're going to do with this passing bebop scale, you're going to build block chords off of each chord. So you have an F six chord. And I'm going to put uh, an octave on top. So the way I like to play Bach chords is with my right hand playing a full chord, my left hand playing one note. Okay? And in between all of our chord tones, right, we're on each chord tone, we're going to play a block chord that consists of the chord tones. So we have this, we have this, we have this, we have this, and then we have this. Oops, my alarm's going off here. So in between those, we're going to place diminished chords. G diminished, A, basically this is our first inversion of our F6 chord. B flat diminished, 6 chord. Diminished, this is our passing tone because we're using the bebop, major 6 bebop scale, right? 6 chord, diminished, 6 chord. 
what I like to do here is roll up. If you're trying to move faster, right, you don't have to do the roll-ups, right? You can do stuff like that, right? So just with this, with these block chord movements, I went here. I just went down. You should practice playing maybe a melodic line like that. So how would I harmonize that in block chord? Well, I have two uh, inversions. I mean, excuse me, I have one inversion, right? I'm, I'm playing the exact same thing here. One diminished, and then up to my sixth chord again, right? So I, I added a little texture there. That gives it that little flare. And then another roll, right? Again, see those little rolls? Stuff like that, okay? So again, that's your major six bebop scale. Taking your six chord and adding your passing diminished in between all that moving up the major six chord. Now that takes a lot of practice to get to that point. Again, all those practice exercises um, are used with Sound Slice in JPS to you know go through the keys systematically, work that stuff out step by step. But again, if you guys are at that level, you can definitely add that type of stuff into your um, to your space fillers for your tunes. So that was number six. Uh, the majority of what I went over today was reharms, actually, which are which are used a lot. I mean, to fill space. Anytime, again, if you're going to from your one to your two, five to four, you can use all those. This this happens so much in jazz or wherever you're going. Even if you're just going to the one to the four, you can go. Right, like in a blues or something, use all those reharms for any type of space fillers or sitting movements. Like, look at where you're going in the tune. Where's what chord's coming next? Look at how many measures you have and just write it out, chart it out. Right. So chart out how you know what what duration you're going to have each. And once you get used to doing this, writing it out, it's going to become a lot easier. I mean, we have workbook uh, exercises in JPS so that the students are writing. Uh, you know, chords, notes, things like that. You need to write in order to kind of see it laid out on paper, practice it. Then you can start to, that's how you're going to start to do it on the fly for tunes as well because you'll have done the work through that process. All right. So this turned into a lot uh, more in-depth uh, podcast than I, than I thought it was going to be, but I know this is going to be super, super helpful for a lot of you guys out there um, looking to reharm some space fills, add some cool movements. There was a lot of stuff going with the sus chords, things like that. So hope you enjoyed that. Again, if you guys have any suggestions for a podcast, <coughs> please email us or you can leave it on the podcast page, right? So if you go to the link of the uh, the podcast on our website, find the podcast. You can write in. Just type in your request for the podcast, and I'll do it for you. I love taking requests for podcasts. Someone just uh, requested this, so I think that's it. Uh, I'm I'm really I don't know. That is it. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of amped right now. I gotta go eat some food though. I'm starving. So. Uh, Work on that stuff, guys. I hope you enjoyed that. Again, go to jazzpianoschool.com forward slash podcast 74. Wow, we're getting up there. 74, podcast 74, jazzpianoschool.com forward slash podcast 74 to download the movements, the notated the notated movements of what I played today. And uh, I'll put that block chord progression in there as well for in the key of F.
Okay. Until I talk to you guys next time, hope you have a great, wonderful week. Enjoy and happy practicing.